Mark chapter 9. Amen. We finally got there. So we're going to close out the book of, or chapter 9 of the book of Mark. Amen. Next year we'll start with chapter 10. So those that are graduating at the pace we're going, if you come back in six years, you still can catch something in the book of Mark. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, there's so much I want to say to you. It's hard to say it all. But let's just look in verse 35. Sitting down, he called the twelve and said to them, If anyone wants to be first... He shall be last of all and servant of all. Father, we just thank you today. Thank you for your mercy, your grace. God, add a blessing to your word today and to the hearers. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this last chapel about servanthood and what it means to be a servant and what it means to serve. <clears throat> When we speak of the word servant, we're talking about in the Greek, it's doulos. It comes from the word dio, which means to bind. The word denotes the idea of one in bondage or subject to someone else, to another. It's usually translated again as slave or servant. Often the service involved is voluntary, not forced upon somebody, but they do it willingly, offer obedience, devo- devotion, and loyalty. Then you come to the word serve. Diakoneo, which means to be a servant, attendant, you know, to serve, wait upon tables, to offer food and drinks, to minister, supply again, to attend to anything that may serve another's interest. It's what we've seen with Jesus when he knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. And then he turns to you and I and says, and you do likewise, amen, that you would serve one another. But one of the key words when it comes to the idea of servanthood and serve, is that it means to worship. And I think it's this that tied my heart up this week and this past week, as I said, I was up in the mountains and just thinking about these things. And, and I thought that, you know what, to truly be a servant, it flows from a heart of worship. And if it, if it doesn't, then we're going to be tempted to give you a list of what a servant does. You give me, you understand what I'm saying? We have the same problem with worship. We tell you, lift your hands, shout with joy. It's like we got to be cheerleaders and coaching you. When you get out in your churches, you're going to see the same kind of thing. And what happens is we look at it from a cerebral vs. a visceral, the idea that we think of it from the mind mindset vs from the heart from the mind we sit there and we understand you know god's attributes his characters his ways and we get caught up in the reciting words just back to him you are amazing god yeah all powerful wonderful you set the star you know him you call him call oh somebody on my cell phone it's just words it's not coming from the heart. You walk into chapel and all you're thinking about is when's it going to end? 
Or what I got to do next? Or all the 401 things you got on your head? And you can't just slow down long enough just to worship Him for who He is. I believe it's the reason several years ago when God said, because of your schedule and where things are going to go with SUM, I want you in the mountains four days every month to be alone, just you and I. It's the idea that, man, in all the craziness, you just got to slow down and remember that it's all about worshiping Him. It's all about serving Him. Amen? It's not an intellectual pursuit. John 4.24 says this, God is spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The idea of worshiping Him in spirit is an action of the heart. In truth, is yes, is that it is tied to the mind. It is that which you know. It's what you believe. But it spurs from the heart. The problem is here, now listen to me. The problem is the smarter you get, the more you grow uh, older, or more that you seem to grow in this word, the less worshipful it becomes. What happens is the mind kicks over on what ought to be happening in the heart. So instead of this heart pursuit after God, we have this intellectual pursuit after Him. It's why I'm sorry to say that you can go through seminaries and you can see some of the most learned people, brilliant people, yet they can stand deader than all dead in a worship service. And you want to look and go, are you serving the same God that I am? Because it's become an intellectual pursuit instead of something that flows from the heart. So what does it mean to be a servant, a worshiper? The first thing is, is you've got to have a passion for His presence. It comes from a desperate cry within you. If you're sitting there today going, God, where are you? It's the idea there ought to be a desperation inside you. An unquenchable thirst. A hunger that you know that only He can fill, only He can sustain. John 7, 37, now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Not if anyone is haphazardly seeking me. It's talking about a thirst that you know only he can quench. Many of you here, you're still so young. You are still trying to quench that thirst with a thousand things of this world. But the longer you walk with God, you will come to the place where you realize the only one that can quench the thirst that is within me is God. He said, from your innermost being, when you thirst at that level, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I shared this with the staff the other day, Exodus 33, 13 through 15, about Moses. I've just been praying this prayer over and over with all that's going on. He said, now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is is your people. And he said, my presence, here's God, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, oh, wait, I didn't even know that was an option. He said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. I ain't going nowhere unless your presence is going with me. Come on. It's a desperation. 
And shortly thereafter, God displays his glory and he tells Moses, Moses, there's a place by my side. Wow. There's a place by my side. That's where he wants you. That's where he wants me, in that place by my side. Flow is number two from a humble heart. You know, when I was up in the mountains, let me just say on a thing, you know, just, I went up there, and this is, what, this is what happens, you know, every time. You know, you go up there one man, and you come back somebody different. You hear me? I, when I got up in that mountain, I'm telling you, I'm, I, the, the day I hit it, I took off. Uh, my heart was so overwhelmed with everything that's going on. I had so many things happening, so many thoughts going on. I was being filled with fear and doubt, anxious, you know, all the anxiety that was going on. I took off, started running, and I was just caught up praying, fighting back and forth with God's spirit. But before I knew it, I didn't, I'm telling you, before I even knew it, I was at nine miles. And finally, it just was like, whoa. And my, I stopped. It was like, my spirit's going, yeah. And my body's going, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You're going to kill me out here. But it was such a wrestling, such a thirsting and a hunger that you didn't even know what was going on. So your body, body says, that's it. I quit. That's enough. And then by Friday, you know, you, you're getting into it. You're starting to, you know, feel. And then Saturday, remember now, I'm in the mountains. It's supposed to be 70 degrees the whole time I'm there. Saturday, it starts clouding up. God starts pouring out his spirit upon me. It starts raining a little bit on Friday. And in the middle of that, and you know, some just put this out there too. In the middle of it, here I got this, and the staff I've been asking them for the last six months that I've had, I've had to take an extension on this one seminary class because it has seven papers due and I couldn't get them done. And it was amazing that how all of a sudden you get caught up with God and you get lost and God goes, and that pass in that class is not an option. Let's get those papers done right now. And in two days you write seven papers. I'm going to know you can't do that on your own. <laughs> I mean, if his wind don't have it, how many of you are looking for a little of that anointing right now? I feel it in the room. <laughs> but here it is, I, and I get done Saturday night. And I'm just, I don't know what time, it was probably like 1 in the morning, I'm done, and it's just, you know, I'm wore out. And it, but I could feel a fresh wind starting to go, and I go to sleep, and I wake up, and the next morning... I go to the window, I pull open the window, and it's snowing outside. And that was about all I could handle. And of course, whenever the snow thing kind of happens with me and God, it's always his way of just saying to me, be at peace. And when God's making it snow in May, come on now. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, I just fell there, and I probably, I don't know how long I cried on the floor, but I was just like, God, you are truly amazing. And that's where the whole from there all the way home, that's all I could think of was that, that song right there. That just That when you press in, when you're hungry and thirsty, God always comes through for you. It flows from a humble heart. From You know, you look at Isaiah. Here's a guy culturally educated, you know, the elite of Judah. And look what he says in Isaiah 6, 5. He says, woe is me, for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in a people unclean. This is the beauty of worship. Worship always enters in and goes, God, you are so awesome. And then all of a sudden, when you're in there, you get a picture of yourself and you go, whoa, it's me. You are so awesome and I am so crummy. It's an, you know, 
we got the extremes. But then it always goes all the way through where he goes now. But let's see who you are in me and where I'm taking you. That's the beauty of worship. It's like, you go way up there and all of a sudden you're down here and he brings you right up and says, now let me tell you who you are in me, man. Wow, so powerful. Isaiah 57, 15. He says this, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. This is what he says. The high and lofty one, he that his name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. But I don't dwell there alone. Listen to this. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. He doesn't dwell there alone, but he takes you and I there when our hearts are in the right place. When we're humble, when we're broken before him. Mark 9, what we just read, he tells, said, man, he goes, tells the disciples, he sits down. That's the beauty. Of this. this is so powerful. Every time I, I don't have time to go through all this, but it, the beauty of him just coming in there. He could have said, oh, you know, because he's going to tell these guys about, hey, unless you become like a child. He didn't say, unless you become childish. Come on now, tell your neighbor. I think he's talking about you. Come on. Talking about having a child's heart. You are my father. Humble, broken before. Amen? That's, that's what it's about. He sits down. He doesn't say, now listen, you guys, you messed up. No, he sits down and goes, hey, guys, you know, unless you become like children, that humble heart, that broken heart, you know, you, you really can't be my disciple. You're not going to be the reflection of who I am. And like I said, what happens is here is, is when you think of yourself as a kid, I guarantee you danced. I guarantee you shouted. I guarantee you laughed and you did all those things. But the more you grow up, the more intellectual you become. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on now. When you're a kid, you were just flat out crazy. Come on, you know it. Now all of a sudden, some of you, even now that you got older, praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. I wish Omar was in here. Praise the Lord. Take him to an A's game. Come on. Come on. It's amazing how you can get your shout on in the right venue. Guys, there's such a power, and that's the thing I wanted to say to you. Just, you know, the, Ephesians 5.20, and I know I'm almost out of time here, but it says, always giving thanks for all things. That word for there, you know, it's hooper in the Greek. It means to over or above. The idea that always giving thanks for all things, over everything that you're going through, you ought to be just giving thanks and praising the Lord. That's the beauty where it says that the Lord inhabits. He enthrones. That's why what, what happens when we and I, when you're in a regular, just normal things going on, the issue is, is that you got the king of this world, the ruler, as the Bible says, the prince of peace that is ruling and the atmosphere is filled with doubt and anxiety and, and sickness and defeat and, and failure. But all of a sudden when we begin to worship the king of kings and the Lord of lords, what happens? The word says that he comes and enthrones. He sits upon our praise hallelujah and the kingdom of god busts out in the middle of what you're going through Woo! come on somebody 
That's why worship is so important. Because it dethrones the ruler of this world. And it enthrones the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in your situations. And there comes a sacrifice. But with the sacrifice, when you worship the Lord, there is a reward. Hebrews 11.6 says this, but without faith it's impossible to please Him. But He who comes as we come worshiping the Lord to God, believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We always hear this. We always were taught it was when you were growing up, probably just like I was. You know that when the praises go up, what happens? The blessing, it's so true. It's not that we praise Him to get But the idea is you praise Him because you know who He is. Well, if you know who He is, then you ought to be expecting He's going to show up. He's going to reward your sacrifice, your worship. You're not manipulating Him. I don't worship Him to get something. I'm going to get it whether I like it or not because of who He is. And then the last thing that worship does is it opens our hearts to others. Mark 12, 28 through 31. He said to him, hey, you asked, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? We know the first, he said, well, here, let me tell you what the first one is what? Love the Lord your God with all your. And he said, and they were, and they were going, that's good. He goes, wait, let me tell you what number two is. What's number two? Love you, that's right. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Hallelujah. Have you ever been in those times where you're just worshiping the Lord and you're so caught up with God and you're so experiencing His forgiveness? Amen? I mean, you're just, you're just so, you're into it. You're just so, whoa! You know? You ask anything in my name, I'll give it unto you! Ah, yes, that's it! I'm lost in you, God! Hallelujah! But... If you have honor, you haven't forgiven your brother. I worship you, God. But why? Come on now. That's that's what the word says. Therefore, I say, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Come on now. How many of God ever blown up your prayer life like that? You know. Get in that worship, and all of a sudden, he's like, whoo-hoo, yeah. Oh, let's stick with the vertical. Just you and me. Just you and me, God. Come on now. God's like, no, it's you, me, and the rest of thee. Come on now. It's all about his pleasure. Understanding that worship is God's gift for us. And let me close out by reading Deuteronomy chapter 10. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Chapter 10, verse 12. He said, now Israel, what does the Lord your God, Moses, you know, you know, Moses after the commandments, all this, he's speaking. 
Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? But you fear the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the Lord's commandment and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. If you don't have that underlined, circle it. Underline it. Mark it. The very next verse. Behold, to the Lord your God belongs heaven and the highest heavens, earth and all that is it. In other words, you are worshiping Him. You are serving Him. Not for His good. He says the heavens, the highest heavens, it all belongs to me. You can't give me nothing. It's all mine anyways. The heavens, the highest heavens, it all, it's all mine. I've got some, you know, just millionaire friends that every time at Christmas they're like, what do you get them? I send them a box of pears from whatever that place is. I mean, what do you give people that got any, everything? Say the same thing with God. What do you give God, the creator of all the universe? Here's a, here's a rose. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. He's like, I think I own a lot of roses. <laughs> he owns it all. The only thing you can give him is your worship. Your sacrifice of praise. Behold, the Lord your God is the heaven and the highest heavens of the earth and all is in it. Yet your fathers did not, did the Lord set his affection to love them and to choose their descendants after them, even you above all the peoples of this day has chosen you above all. Look at this. So circumcise your heart and, and stiffen your neck not, no longer. For the Lord your God, here it is, is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. Come on. He actually, he's, he's defining himself. He executes justice for the orphan, the widow, and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. God, you wonder who I am. Here's who I am. This is how I work. This is what I do. Huh? Verse 19. So show your love to the widow. Come on. To the alien, for those who are the aliens in the land of Egypt, you shall fear the Lord your God and you shall serve him and cling to him and you shall swear by his name. He, he is your praise. He is your God who has done these great and awesome things for you which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons in all. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Come on. He said, you're not serving me for my good. You're serving me for your good. You're worshiping me not because, you know, I need your worship to be complete. I'm complete with or without your worship. You're worshiping me because it brings completeness to you, to me. That's why we worship. So if you don't ever become a true worshiper of God, you can never truly become a true servant of God. You know, I always share my favorite story, and we'll close with this, on, on the whole thing of servanthood. It was that day that I got called when I was working for the ministry. And I got called to the front office. I was the lead mechanic at the ministry in the back, working back there. I was full of grease, dropping a motor in into this vehicle, uh, working on you know the pastor's car and some mega ministry. And I was in the back, and then all of a sudden I got the call and said, hey, you need to come to the, the front. And I went to the front, and I was like, man, what's this emergency? 
And here it was, so-and-so's sister needed her bags carried and put in a car. I mean, the bags were like, like, you know. I'm full of grease. Wash my hands, shot up there thinking, you know, I don't know, somebody's bicycle broke down or something. I don't know why they were called, but I get there and it's three bags. Could you please put those in the car? There's three, three of these. The trunk is right there. Here? What part of this are you unable to do? Come on, are you with me? I went back to the back, all of them, and, and of course, how many of all those mechanics in the back? They ain't, you wonder if any of those people were saved. I was probably the closest thing to salvation, and you could see how far I was away from it. And I went back there. I mean, here I am, you know, through my second year now of Bible college. I'm getting ready to, to graduate, and, you know, I've got all these things that, the, you know, opportunities before me, and I'm like, and I'm getting all puffed up, and oh, could you come up here and could you carry those bags and put them in there? Whoa! I went back to, I still remember, I was back at the solvent tanks where you wash your parts, and this special solution makes them all clean, takes all the grease off. I was back to, man, I was complaining. I said, like, what is that? That's the kind of pride that brings down ministries, right there, God. Come on. How many of you can come up with some quick stuff? <laughs> You're trying to get God on your side. Man, I know you want to bring fire down, but I'm telling you, just calm down, God, because I'm ready. <laughs> you don't bring it, I'm ready. <laughs> Man, I was ready for fire come down, blow the whole ministry up. That's how I thought. But spare the mechanic shop, God. You know us back here. We the holy ones. And... All of a sudden, the other mechanics, especially this one guy I was trying to reach. Uh, man, I can't remember his name right now. But he, I couldn't. I was trying to reach this kid for so long for the couple of years that I worked as the mechanic back there. And, and, and I'm trying to reach him. And all of a sudden, he hears me. He's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They're all dogs, man. They're all trying to take us down. They're trying to keep us. Yeah, that's those Christians. They think they're better than the rest of us, man. That's why I'm not a Christian. You don't want to hang with those people? Man, just forget that, God, man. Come over here. This is what's real. That over there is so fake and it's so phony. You hear what I'm saying? And pretty soon... It was like God just came right up and slapped me on the side. Whap! He didn't, he didn't hit me like that light. It was like, pow! He said, man, you better decide which side you are in here. And then he began dealing with me saying, I thought you were a servant. I said, well, I, I believe I am. He said, well, they're paying you to do a job. And this is a ministry. And why don't you just do whatever they ask you to do if you're truly a servant? Because I didn't know that a servant had rights. Well, you got a good point there, God. I wasn't really thinking about that. 
didn't know that a servant could pick and choose what he wanted to do. How many hate it when you load God's guns? Don't you hate it when you do dumb stuff and it just loads his guns up? I hate that. Now every time I get a little bit, and I know that what you say is God, as far as he is, for he forgets. Yeah, he, he forgets your sins. I'm not saying he doesn't forget. But he doesn't ever let you forget what you learned from it. Every time I get down to God, I'm saying, oh, God, I've got this. And God goes, hey, you remember the bag illustration? Whoa, come on, God, give that a rest already. Come on. I don't want to hear about the bag illustration anymore. <laughs> you done wore that out, man. You got a lot of mileage out of that one, God. <laughs> Amazing how he takes stuff like that and it's just like, are you a servant? Yes or no? If you're a servant, then just serve. And you're always going to struggle, Mr. George. When you see your servanthood or your service is unto men instead of unto me. If it's unto men, you're right. And God's like, I'm going to just tell you, I thought that was pretty ridiculous too. Haven't you carried them bags 10 feet? Yeah, that was pretty dumb. But that's not the issue. The issue is your heart. And everything that you do when it comes to servanthood and service is not unto them. It's unto me. I'm not concerned about the bags. I'm concerned about the heart behind the bags. And your heart wasn't right. Come on now. Father, we just thank you today. I do. I just want us maybe have the ladies come back on up here. Let's sing that song again. Let's stand together. Come on. As a matter of fact, let's all come back down here again. I'm sorry I went a little long today, but it's our last chapel together. Those of you that are graduating, if you don't leave this school as a worshiper, and all you have is your intellect and what you've learned here, you're going to fail. Well, you might be something in ministry but you're going to fail where it counts. That isn't worshiping Him. And if you don't learn to become a true worshiper of Him, you'll never become the servant that He's called you to be. Every time He's going to say, I need you to go here, you're going to go, ain't no way I'm going there. You'll say that anyways. 
But a true servant, when it's all said and done, will say, not my will, but yours, God. If this is what you call me to do, then I bear that cross. Amen. I believe that's what Delonica says about me every day. Lord, I know you hear me. I'm bearing that cross again today. I'm about ready to kill that man. Just become a servant. You lose your identity in him. Hallelujah. We don't chase after the same things the world chase after. This isn't about fame and notoriety and all those things. This is about being a, being a worshiper of him and being his servant and being called to serve. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just sing it together. Uncontainable You place the stars in the sky And you know them by name You are amazing All-powerful Untamable All-shuck we fall to our knees As we humbly proclaim Fresh surrender come up in your heart today. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing. All powerful, untamable, awesome. We've brought to our knees as we humbly
Let's pray for our graduates, those that are here today and those that are in the cohorts. Let's just ask for a special send-off for them. It's the powerful graduation service. Just a releasing them to launch in the ministry where God has called them to. If you want to come up and lay hands on them, come on up and do that. If you're a graduate, stick your hand up in the air so folks know who you are. Come on, let's sing it together. Go ahead, pray for them. Indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the skies and you know them by name. You are In the name of Jesus, oh God, I ask that you grace them to live in the center of your will, under the floor of your oil, oh God. Yes, God. Add resources to their call, oh God. Increase, oh God, increase, oh God, increase, oh God, your favor upon them, oh God. May they lack nothing, oh God. May they lack nothing, oh God. Give them wisdom, oh God, and may, they lack, and may their lips never lack a wise response, Father. Anoint them and grace them. Fill the days with laughter, O oh God. Victory on every side, O oh God. Bless the works of the hands, O oh God. Use them greatly, Father. Use them greatly, O oh God. Bless their voice, O oh God. To shake dungeons and release captives, O oh God. To build your kingdom for the sake of your Son, O oh God. For the glory of your, of your kingdom, O oh God. Bless them, O oh God. Increase their laughter, O oh God. Increase their peace, O oh God. Increase their sensitivity to your spirit, O oh God. May they hear you, O oh God. May they hear you, O oh God, with great clarity, O oh God. Grant them unshakable confidence. Unshakable confidence, O oh God. Grace them to get to where you've called them to, O oh God. Your favor upon them, O oh God. May they live in the center of your will, under the flow of your oil. In Jesus' name.
Praise the Lord. This is my last chapel with uh, Watson and Lafu. And they're shoving off to plant their church. And I want us to pray for them. And I just want to say how much I love the two of you. Amen. So proud of you. I love the baby more, but that's different. That's a... You guys are going to be so lonely without her when you go, but it's going to be all right. You're going to get over it. Why don't you guys gather? Come, some of you come on up. I'll tell you what, Lafayette. Why don't you come on down? So the ladies down here, and some of you guys, let him come on up there. You guys, go pray for him. Hallelujah. Shit. Our spiritual sons and daughters, and we just love them. We pray for God's blessing, His anointing, the peace and joy to be upon their life. Brother Joey, why don't you come on up here and pray for him? we just thank you that you have anointed these two people a man and a woman who have set themselves aside surrendered to you completely absolutely surrendered to you and you've used them mightily and I thank you God that you're going to use them even more mightily we thank you that you are you're going to raise up their children their child to be a daughter of God we thank you that they will be changing lives up up in their, their new church that people would be saved, lives would be transformed, addictions would be broken, chains would be unchained. Worship is going to break out. Freedom will break out. Your spirit will descend, and I thank you that you will always be with them. You will never be too far from them. You will always hear their prayers. You always will be their hope and their dream. I thank you for the mentorship that that the chancellors flowed onto them. I pray that his anointing would pass on to them and it would pass on to the other people that they'll mentor over. God, I pray that um, the spiritual family would continue to spread, that your glory would continue to spread as they sing, as they preach, as they minister, as they visit houses, that your glory would follow them everywhere they go. We ask this in Jesus' name.
thank you we thank you for this couple and God we pray for destiny today we thank you God for the miracle that she is we give you praise we give you glory for being so faithful to her life we pray for the woman of God that she's becoming Yes, God. we trust you with her destiny We trust you with a purpose. Cut over her life today. Thank you, God, for the miracle and the joy that she has brought into this world. Let your anointing be upon her and upon this house. We give you praise. We give you glory, Father. Let your joy always reign out in this house. Your peace, your hope. Let this family always be lost, God, in worshiping you. We thank you through every situation, every trial, God, that they face. May they worship their way through it. We just thank you today. Bless them today. Bless them today. Send them from this place, God. Great honor, Father. We thank you for the gifts, God, that they have been to this ministry. God, shake a nation through their lives, God. God, from the place that you send them, God, may a shout be heard around the world. Be said that these are they that turn the world upside down. God, we trust you. Hallelujah. Your giftings, your anointings, God. Bless them today. Praise the Lord. Many men. Well, we love you folks. And I'm going to miss you for sure until next year. Those of you that are graduating, you know I already miss you. And this place is always going to be your home. You're always going to be a part of our hearts. We're always going to be a phone call away, a rebuke away. Just call us anytime. If you doubt that, I've seen Chris Gonzalez in the chapel here. He can he can testify to that. Anytime you need a rebuke, just call us. Invite us to lunch. We'll come over. We glad we'll come to your house, your family, friends. We'll rebuke you right there. We don't. We do. We love you that much. Amen. Done it already. Um, if you guys will step out here, we're going to do a photo for Brother Don and Sister Judith, right outside, right outside here.